This is the APS China Monthly, May 2022. The Briefing All Out Support President Xi called for all-out efforts to strengthen the country's building of a modern infrastructure system at the 11th meeting of the Central Committee for Financial and Economic Affairs on April 26. The meeting mentioned efforts calling for industrial upgrades in information, science tech and logistics. Rural-focused RRR cut The People's Bank of China cut the reserve requirement ratio by 0.25 percentage point, effective from April 25. The PBOC expects financial institutions to support industries and small, medium and micro enterprises badly hit by the pandemic. For urban commercial banks that do not operate across provinces and rural commercial banks with a deposit reserve ratio higher than 5%, the RRR will be further reduced by 0.25 percentage point on top of this latest 25 basis point cut to strengthen support for rural development. Restarting supply chains. Beijing has drawn up a whitelist of over 600 firms in April that were prioritized to reopen or keep Shanghai operations going from the Omicron-related lockdowns. This list includes Tesla, Volkswagen, and its Chinese partner SAIC Motor, as well as semiconductor and medical firms. Israel adds Yuan Israel's central bank added the Chinese Yuan to its USD 200 billion reserve holdings for the first time ever in April 2022, while slashing its Euro and US dollar holdings from 30% to 20% and 66.5% down to 61% respectively. The CNY will make up 2% of the bank's reserves, while the CAD and AUD will each take up 3.5%. China ratifies labor conventions. China's National People's Congress has ratified two international conventions against forced labor. The 1930 Forced Labor Convention of the International Labor Organization and the 1957 Abolition of Forced Labor Convention. This comes ahead of a visit by United Nations Human Rights Chief Michel Bachelet in May, which will include a trip to Xinjiang. The APS China Monthly Essay, May 2022. President Xi for another 10 years, implications for US-China relations and global investors by Professor Tan Kong Yam. Despite a slowing economy, the challenge of strict lockdowns to slow the Omicron variant and the Ukraine crisis, President Xi Jinping is likely to emerge strong after the key October 2022 meeting of China's top political leaders. Xi has promoted 67 generals since he became president in 2012, and amongst them are all the generals below age 65. His trusted comrades now dominate the seven-strong Politburo Standing Committee, 
having risen from two members in 2012 to four in 2017, and that will likely increase to six in 2022. In addition, his loyalists also dominate the nation's internal security as well as public security apparatus. How would an extended tenure for Xi as the leader of China influence government policy, US-China relations, and what are the implications for global investors? The steel frame underpinning the system. The Chinese political economic system draws its inspiration from Leninism Marxism. The steel frame of the Leninist structure of one-party monopoly of power is fundamental to the Chinese system. It has deep political and cultural roots in imperial China, not just in the post-1949 era. The late paramount leader Deng Xiaoping pragmatically modified the system's steel frame to include Chinese characteristics, which is essentially the market economy and private entrepreneurship. The government under Xi views this as the foundation for domestic stability, which in turn allows the country to face external pressure and challenges. Xi has been compared to the founding father of the People's Republic of China, Mao Zedong, in terms of power, as well as more recently in ideology, after the introduction of tighter party control and regulation, as well as the common prosperity policies. Both notions are exaggerated, as no individual since Mao has wielded the same amount of singular influence. The political, military and economic structures in China have been greatly institutionalized since Mao's days, with the establishment of formal consultative processes as well as greater domain expertise in the various working groups and departments within the government. While it is true that Xi holds greater sway than his predecessors, there is greater counterbalancing among party elders and the established institutions that exist today. For example, in September 2021, when global investors were turning pessimistic on the direction of China's policy, Vice Premier Liu He persuaded Xi to personally announce the launch of a new stock exchange in Beijing to help fund smaller companies' pursuit of new technologies. This key focus to support the innovation and development of small and medium-sized enterprises helped to allay the concerns of global investors. From the longer-term perspective, Mao's era represented private capital and power in antagonistic relations. Deng's model evolved into capital-power cooperation, capital-power trading, capital-seeking power, and capital-consolidating power. Under Xi, disorderly capital may not be encouraged. The key driving force that Xi is unable to reverse is China's benefiting from globalization over the past four decades. China has been one of the biggest beneficiaries of globalization since its entry into the World Trade Organization. A survey done by the Pew Foundation found that the average citizen's perceptions of whether globalization has been beneficial for jobs and wages differ greatly around the world. Citizens in the developed markets had a negative attitude, 
while emerging market citizens, including those in China, viewed it positively. It is therefore not in China's interest to change the current system. However, Beijing realizes that there are forces that are threatening the status quo and hence the need for insurance, such as the dual circulation and common prosperity policies. In China today, many governmental programs have started to have completion dates of 2035 instead of synchronizing with the current five-year plans 2021 to 2025 duration. The Xiong'an New Area, a massive new city in Hebei province, is among them. The project is proceeding with Xi's full backing. In July 2021, Xi declared that the Beidou Navigation Satellite System, China's answer to GPS, had formally started global operations. A Chinese official in charge of the system has made clear that a major upgrade will take place by 2035. Official public speeches and internal party documents noted that the next 10 years will be critical and decisive for US-China rivalry and the recovery of Taiwan. Party messages keep harping on the fact that in the next decade, going into the turbulent ocean, China needs an experienced and steady captain. The next 10 years will be a key decade, she argued. A new round of technological revolution and industrial change. Artificial intelligence, big data, quantum information, and biotechnology are gathering strength. They would bring, quote, earth-shaking changes, unquote, while offering an, quote, important opportunity to promote leapfrog development, unquote, allowing China to bypass legacy systems and overtake competitors. The Titan regulation on the internet e-commerce sector has created a lot of confusion and speculation among global investors. It is critical to note Beijing's view that consumer tech firms like Alibaba, Meituan and Didi have sucked away too much talent and capital, while the hard tech that they want to promote and harness for the long-term US-China rivalry were getting squeezed. The hard tech players are the ones that are relevant to China's long-term future and its rivalry with the US. China is aiming to compete with the US at the peak of technological development and innovation, with implications for long-term economic competitiveness and national security. Implications for US-China relations and global investors. A very significant point not well appreciated by Western observers is that China's environment in the 1980s was very liberal. Then under the period of liberal reformists Zhao Ziyang and Hu Yaobang, young people growing up during that period were liberal and admired the West. That was the Tiananmen generation who erected the goddess of democracy. Subsequently, the educational system was substantially revamped to focus on nationalism and patriotism. Hence, this post-Tiananmen generation are patriotic. Xi's generation felt that if they stayed on longer, then the influence 
of the generation immediately before Tiananmen that are pro-Western and liberal will fade. The next generation that will take over subsequently will be more nationalistic and politically more reliable. The Ukraine war has resulted in China's greater apprehension of its dependence on the US. The resulting restraint leads China to do its best not to suffer collateral damage from Western sanctions against Russia. China needs the US, Japan and EU markets to sustain its growth. More significantly, it also depends on Western technology and inputs to produce key products. Crucially, major Asian technology suppliers including Japan, South Korea and Singapore have also joined the US in banning some exports to Russia. The Chinese political leadership and key internal documents indicate that they are very aware of this technological vulnerability. In semiconductors, Chinese chip manufacturers depend on production equipment that comes predominantly from the US, Japan and the Netherlands, all of which have imposed sanctions against Russia and could join forces to sanction China. Furthermore, chip design requires specialized software, which is also dominated by US firms. In biotechnology, China's leadership has acknowledged domestic weaknesses in producing modern hybrid or genetically modified seeds. China's commercial aviation industry, like that of Russia and every other country, is supplied by the global duopoly of Airbus and Boeing. Both companies have now stopped supplying parts and repair services to Russia, which will make it harder for it to keep planes operating. In addition, the financial nuclear bomb of the US freezing Russian foreign exchange reserves has shocked the Chinese. Their US, EU and Japanese forex reserves could also be frozen and their financial institutions could also be cut off from the SWIFT global payments messaging system. Crucially, China's assessment is that these vulnerabilities can be significantly tackled over the next 10 years under President Xi's strong leadership. China has accumulated USD 3.21 trillion of forex reserves as of February 2022. While China's internal discussion is not publicized, there could be serious consideration on slowing USD reserves accumulation. The result could be an increase in domestic spending while slowing the growth in domestic savings and the current account surplus, as well as the accumulation of USD assets. It could lead to increased government spending on supporting population policy, more common prosperity programs, reducing the burden of the stressed middle class, additional education subsidies, increased healthcare spending, and old age pensions. There could also be rising spending on public and private investments in tech, green energy, new infrastructure, as well as R&D spending to strengthen long-term competitiveness. If Russian President Vladimir Putin's goal was to secure access to the huge Chinese energy and commodities market in case sales to Europe were to be shut off, Xi's goal was to gain cooperation with regard to the Taiwan issue. 
Xi has not ruled out the use of force to block any Taiwanese move towards independence. If a war actually breaks out, the supply of oil, natural gas, food and other commodities to China could be disrupted by Western economic sanctions. However, a stable overland supply of energy resources and commodities from Russia that is not susceptible to naval blockade would help China avoid being cut off. Conclusion The post-war institutions of the United Nations, the World Bank, the International Monetary Fund and the WTO were designed and constructed by the US during its period of hegemonic dominance. This existing global system is like a big mansion built by the US, which Russia seems intent on burning down. Figuratively speaking, although China is not happy with a small room without an attached bathroom in the mansion, it had benefited enormously from this post-war system. Also, its national interests are not congruent with Russia's. I believe we have reached a point where China has concluded that it has to move out and build its own mansion across the road. However, it will still be in the neighbourhood with substantial scope for competition and collaboration. China today is much more integrated with the US and the global economy. In the recent decade, China has contributed to over one-third of global growth, significantly more important than the US and EU. Any serious downturn in China will reverberate throughout the global economy as well as in the US and EU. That's it. Sino-US economic openness and interdependence cannot prevent a war. However, they could delay it and moderate the intensity of conflicts in many areas. The Chinese leadership is pragmatic. They realize that the biggest risk that China faces is still the stagnation of its development and the interruption of its progress in modernization. Hence, China will not jeopardize its further development by taking a confrontational attitude towards the West. The Chinese Communist Party's learning ability is indeed very strong. This is because the party has a perpetual sense of crisis. As Andy Grove famously remarked, quote, only the paranoid survive, unquote. Consequently, the frequent reports around the world on China's imminent collapse have actually helped the country. I have learned that the CCP carefully studied these reports of its structural weaknesses and systemic risks, and together with domestic feedback, made policy adjustments to address these weaknesses. In the final analysis, she is accomplishing what Teng did, which is to combine one-party autocracy with a market economy and integrate this unique Chinese political-economic blend into the global economy. With greater national strength on many fronts compared with Teng's time, President Xi Jinping's brand of quote, integration, unquote, into the global economy is no longer as dependent on Western capital and technology to develop China's economy. It is now relying on China's considerable national strength to carve out an active major role in the global economy, as well as in diplomacy and geopolitics. There can be risks that investors face as a result of Xi's extended stay. 
Although we argue in the beginning of this piece that Xi strikes a balance between a dictatorial Mao and Xi's weaker predecessors, a move away from the global framework driven by collaboration and established institutions could lead to greater uncertainty. Xi currently has a circle of advisors that he trusts, with figures like Liu He, Wang Qishan, Wang Huning, and Li Zhanshu. A move by Xi towards singular rule would be a move away from the informed, collective strategic decision-making that is currently in place. Professor Tang Kong Yam is a founding member and Deputy Chairman China of APS Asset Management. He is also Professor of Economics at the Nanyang Technological University. He serves as a board member at the Changi Airport Group from 2015 to the present. From 1985 to 1988, he was the Chief Assistant to Dr. Goh King Sui, the late Deputy Prime Minister of Singapore, who was invited by Mr. Teng Xiaoping to advise China on economic development strategy. From June 2002 to June 2005, he was a senior economist at the World Bank office in Beijing. In 2004, he was a member of the World Bank expert group on the 11th five-year plan 2006 to 2010 for the State Council in China. He served as the chief economist of the Singapore government from 1999 to 2002.